It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Wizards fans? It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver. I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And this episode is also brought to you by Sakara. We'd like to thank today's sponsor of Locked On Wizards, Sakara Nutrition. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine. On a mission to nourish, go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 for 20% off at checkout. So, uh, today is the day after the lottery. We have special guest Chase Hughes from NBC Sports Washington. How are you feeling today? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me back on again. Sorry to uh, all Wizards fans who were hoping to move up into that top four. Right. Yeah. Did you get your hopes up or how, how disappointed were you that they stayed at pick 10? I was hopeful. I uh, I had a hunch. I had a, a feeling, a premonition that they were going to move up and it proved to not be true. I guess I should have fallen back on uh, – you know, they've obviously got a tough history in the lottery, but it'd been a while since they moved up. I mean, I guess 2013 when they got out of Porter was the last time. So I felt like they were due for some good luck um, and getting in the top four would have been tremendous. But I, I still th- I think they're in a fine spot at 10. It, there's going to be talent on the board. Probably we'll look back 20 years from now and see there was at least a future all star, if not several. It's just up to them to pick the right guy and develop them properly. Definitely. Uh, what are some? What are the biggest needs you think the Wizards need to look at going in going into the draft? I think their biggest needs are point guard. If we're talking about positions, um, wing defense, they could still use more of defense in general. Um, I think they need someone or more than one person who can stop the ball on the perimeter, and then of course three point shooting. I mean, they might have been the worst three point shooting team in the league last year. Maybe they'll get better over time with Chris Porzingis and. Corey Kispert and Rui Hachimura now being a good three-point shooter, but I think they need to address all those things in a major way this offseason. And what they can get done in the draft, we'll see. I, I think the draft generally is more about best player available, and especially at 10, 
you wouldn't want to pick a guy who's just a, a rotation player who can defend or shoot threes or is a point guard over a guy at another position who four or five years from now looks like a star. Right. All right. So you um, had a list of guys that you that you tweeted for the Wizards that they may have um, some interest in, some names to watch, you know, Benedict Mathurin, Jalen Duran. Um, Tommy Shepard also said that he has uh, he's looking at 15 guys at pick 10. So what are some names that you have heard that may have you heard any names that the Wizards may have interest in or looking to bring in a workout in at pick 10? Well, there is a, a wide range of possibilities here. I know they're 10th overall, and you maybe think you could narrow it down to you know five or, or six guys, but it's really tough to do that. And I would just point out how two years ago, no one thought that Denny Avdi was going to be on the board at nine when the Wizards were selecting uh, Tyrese Halliburton as well. Of course, he, he fell past them. So um, there's a lot of different things that could happen. As far as who they like, um, I've, I have heard some people in the front office talk uh, positively about Dyson Daniels. Um, I think they, they see him as a very skilled player. And G League Ignite played and practiced at, uh, at their practice facility, so they were able to take a look at him. I don't think they were allowed in the practice, but they saw them uh, play the, the Capital City go-go. So I think Dyson Daniels stands out right away as a guy who, who might be a, a good fit there. Um, because he is a point guard, he's big, he's known for his defense, and he's a pass-first point guard. I mean, all the things that they've said on the record describing their ideal point guard, Dyson Daniels kind of sounds like that guy. He's just so young and inexperienced, he's not going to be starting day one. At least I don't think so. Um, but maybe over time, that would prove to be a smart pick. Um, as far as needs go, and, and me having heard who they like, I would mention him. But, uh, you know, they got to go best player available. And, and maybe... Ty Ty Washington of Kentucky makes sense because he's also a point guard, but I, I think they need to take a long look at, at Matherin, like you said, and Tari Eason. Um, those guys play on the wing, and Eason is you know maybe a power forward. I think probably more so a three. Um, very versatile defender, the type of tough physical defender that they need more of. I know they've drafted a lot of four forwards, but they haven't drafted anyone with his specific playing style. And he was also a pretty good scorer and shooter in college. And Matherin, if he's there, um, I think that, I mean, that that stands out to me as a guy with a super high ceiling who not only is a very explosive athlete, but has a smooth jumper and the ability to create off the dribble and, and create his own shot from three-point range. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of options on the board. I, I, I wonder if they're going to stick to the idea of drafting a point guard and go with Daniels or Washington. Right. So they have strong interest in Daniels. Other names that you tweeted yesterday were uh, Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin. You already said Tari Eason, Ty Ty Washington. Uh, Benedict Mathurin, of course, a wild card to me was Jalen Duran. Uh, what are the chances you see them picking a big man since they already have Chris Tapps? They signed Gafford to the three-year $40 million extension. Um, Thomas Bryan most likely is not coming back. But uh, what, are, what are the odds that you think they bring, bring in a big man like a Jalen Duran? Well, as far as their uh, positional depth chart, that's one area where it'd be tough for a guy picked in that range, I think, to find minutes right away. Uh, that would definitely be a best player available uh, pick if they pick Jalen Duran uh, of Memphis. Uh, Mark Williams of Duke's another guy who I would point out. He just had a, a monster combine in terms of his his measurements. He was 7'2", uh, I believe, in shoes with like a 7'7 wingspan, and he had a, a really big NCAA tournament, big-time shot blocker, not much of a perimeter game at all, but, you know, the type of guy that if you're trying to fix your defense, I think he was the ACC defensive player of the year. 
um, you got to consider him, right? So I don't think they're going to go with a big man just because uh, the depth chart is um, is kind of clogged at that position, and you just signed Daniel Gafford to a long-term deal. But um, I personally would say that everything should be on the table. Um, you know, I, I would point out some examples that we've seen um, in the forefront recently. Look at the Warriors right now, Jordan Poole. Uh, when they drafted him, I think it was in 2019. I might be wrong about that. But they had Steph Curry and they had Klay Thompson. They still took a guard. And they're finding a way to make it work right now. Um, Anthony Simons of the Blazers, I believe he was 2018 because he just finished his fourth year. He was 18 at the time. They had Damian Lillard. They had C.J. McCollum. And they took a guard. And obviously that was later in the first round. It wasn't the 10th pick. But they took the best player available. And now four years later, they look really smart for doing so. So I, I think the Wizards need to keep those examples in mind. And even if there's a point guard who could – help a position of need, um, don't take that player over someone who's going to be much better three or four years from now. Right. Yeah, um, you brought up the guard spot. Jaden Hardy is a guy from the G League that I really like. I know he's projected to go later, but I know before the draft process started, the big boys, he was ranked first. Um, so I like him a lot. I think he'd come in and be a microwave scorer off the bench for the Wizards. Um, and then Oche Ogbaji is a guy who's older, but I think he can really help and be a 3 and D guy. Dyson Daniels, I'm just kind of scared with him because the, the shooting is not his forte. And it's kind of like, you know, we've drafted some guys that are playmakers, but, you know, Troy Brown Jr., I like Denny, but some guys that just weren't able to stretch the floor and space the floor. And their fit next to Bradley Bill was kind of, um, you know, awkward, if you will. So um, it's, it's, it's different. Ty Ty Washington, um, the Kentucky pedigree, I mean, Shea Gilgis, um, Emmanuel Quickly, uh, John Wall, and Tyler Hero. There's just so many Kentucky guards. So, you know, I, I don't want to scout the jersey, but the player, the player, he's a good player, but sometimes 10 could be somewhat of a reach, but they need a point guard really badly. And, and guys from Kentucky, they just usually pan out. Especially at that position. I'm glad you brought that up. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to sound like, it, it, it kind of sounds simple. It's almost like the movie Moneyball where it's like the old school guys who, uh, you know, they had this like antiquated approach to the draft. But just look at the jersey and look at the position. Guards from Kentucky. It seems like every year one of them is overlooked in the draft and they end up exceeding expectations like Tyrese Maxey. Right. Uh, Devin Booker. I mean, Jamal mm -hmm. Murray, even I think he was a seventh pick. That's pretty high. Right. But um, if that draft was redone, he'd be picked higher than that. Um, so it's like year after year these guys at that position from that school end up being really good players and um you know malik monk is okay so there, there's in the, the harrison brothers didn't really turn out but um i've thought a lot about it I, i've got a few theories i don't know what makes the most sense but you know there's obviously an overflow of talent at kentucky so um if any team's gonna have some some guys that go under the radar or get picked later and are good maybe it's that school and then you know, maybe that position that those guys get hidden in, in the system that Calipari has and they're just better suited for the NBA or or maybe the flip side of that is Calipari is really good at preparing these guys for the pros. I don't know what it is, mm -hmm. but I would take a longer look at Ty Ty Washington for that simple reason, because there's examples all over the league. I mean, it's like five out of the last seven years or something that a guy has come out of that school at that position who's like a star or a borderline star. Right, yeah. Carl Towns didn't shoot threes at Kentucky at all, and he starts knocking down. He's the best, one of the best big man shooters, three point shooters in the history of the game. Anthony Davis. The, I'm glad you yeah. said one of the best. He would tell you right. he's the best, but I don't think we can give him that yet. <laughs> right. 
and uh, Anthony Davis, you know, he, he, he was more of a defensive minded big in college and he's more of an offensive minded big in, in, in the NBA. So there's just that pedigree with Kentucky. Um, but I do want to get to, I want to ask you about Bradley Bill, of course, and how much he influences, influences the draft. But before we do get to that, we have a quick word from Truebill. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. You know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download True, Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. I just got the birthday cake puffs flavor in the mail, and they taste really, really good. They taste just like a candy bar. I put them in the fridge. They taste just like a candy bar, candy bar but they're way, way more healthy. Um, make every day your birthday with Built's birthday cake puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake, enrobed it in 100% white chocolate, and added sprinkles. With 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar, this limited-time flavor is an amazing option if you are looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to Built.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built. Dot com. So I thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, mock draft player rankings, and of course Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right. So, um, of course, there is the big question with Bradley Bill. Um, I've seen, you know, rumors Jay Williams on the Get Up uh, ESPN show that Patrick Beverly has been on uh, recently talking a lot. Um, he said that Bradley Bill could possibly want to join the Sixers. I don't know how true that is. Andrew Bogut has said the same thing as well. That he's long heard that he's wanted to team up with um, Joel Embiid. But I do want to get your take on Bradley Bill, his influence on the draft. How how much influence do you think Bradley Bill has on decision-making and personnel moves, you know, we saw him on uh, NBC Sports Washington with you and the other guys on there talking about, you know, he wants dogs, taller guards, guys that can shoot threes. Um, how much influence does he have on the draft? Is he going to possibly be in the draft, as they call it, war room influencing decisions uh, for the roster? I don't know how much of an influence he'll have on the draft. I think once free agency and trades come around, as long as things go as we expect them to, where he's indicated, the Wizards have indicated that he's probably going to re-sign here, then he'll have some direction on what they do. I mean, he did last offseason, and uh, after the you know the Spencer Dinwiddie deal blew up and um, you know they traded away him and Montrez Harrell, Bradley Beal admitted, he's like, look, I'm not going to slam those guys. I was part of the decision-making process um, to bring in them here. He vouched for them. Um, as far as the draft goes, 
I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll ask him his opinion on certain prospects, but I, as far as I understand, I don't think that's something that he's really uh, meddled with in the past. Um, the Sixers rumor is really interesting. I remember when James Harden got traded to Philly, I tweeted that this probably crosses Philly off the list for a destination for Bradley Beal, but the James Harden trade so far uh, hasn't worked out too well. It, it at least did not look very good toward the end of the playoffs. James Harden doesn't look like he's in his prime anymore, um, and he's facing the prospect of signing a Supermax deal. And if you're going to sign either of those guys for that money, um, James Harden's obviously a far more accomplished player than Bradley Beal, but Bradley Beal's younger. And even though he's coming off a, a, a bad season, if you're going to overpay one of those guys, you might rather do it with Bradley Beal. So um, it, it's it's an interesting landing spot. Um, I know last summer when Bradley Beal was kind of mulling his future entering the draft, um, Philly was a team that did intrigue him. Um, you know, obviously nothing ended up happening there, and he sent signals that suggest that he wants to re-sign with his team. So um, until he, something happens that that shows us otherwise, I think he re-signs with the Wizards. But if he were to enter free agency, I think Philly's got to be a team uh, that you consider a threat. I think Boston probably as well, uh, given the Jason Tatum dynamic. I think Miami, you, know, you can never count out Pat Riley when it comes to a, a free agent. Um, pitch. So I, I, that kind of goes back to what I've been saying here is that like the Wizards, I, I think it would benefit them to get some sort of assurance before free agency opens, because if Bradley Beal goes and takes visits, then all of a sudden the situation that's been in your control for so long is out of your control. And he could talk to Philly and, you know, organize a sign and trade. I think all those situations would require a sign and trade. Um, so I think the wizards need to get him to sign that deal before he takes the meetings, because we've heard players in the past, they want to go through that process, right? They want to hear the free agent pitch. They want to, you know, be wined and dined. I don't know yet if Bradley Beal wants to go down that, that route, but if, if he does, um, then certainly you got to look at Philly just because he's got a, a pretty strong relationship with Joel Embiid. And obviously we've heard that Joel Embiid wanted, uh, Bradley Beal, and I think those guys would complement each other really well. I think you, if you're a Wizards fan and if you're the Wizards, you have to hope that James Harden, you know, opts into that final year of his contract and and kind of forces the issue with Philly. They they made their bed, you know. Hopefully, they have to lay in it. Right. Yeah. Here's some interesting options. So yeah, if he does, like you said, get wined and dined or or wow, there's the there's a strong possibility that he leaves the Wizards, but hopefully they would, you know, be able to maneuver a, a sign and trade so they could get something in return, maybe like a Tyrese Maxey or something like that. Um, the Tybull and a first round pick and then, you know, some Tobias Harris. Um, but how likely do you see the Wizards trading their pick? You know, the Sacramento Kings got picked four. They did have rumored interest. Well, not rumored interest. They had real interest in Kyle Kuzma. He thought he was going to Sacramento before the trade with the Lakers and, and the Wizards transpired, how likely do you see the Wizards trading up? And do you think Jaden Ivey is somebody that would interest them to trade up? Well, first of all, one more quick point on uh, Bradley Beal. I, I think it'd be really interesting. You know, does he want, does he want those problems that Ben Simmons had mm -hmm. and then James Harden had, and now Doc Rivers had where you're in that limelight and you're in Philly and the Joel Embiid's not going to get the blame. Right. Uh, he was tremendous this year. He's a great player. If you're there and you lose in the second round, who do you think all the fans are going to be, you know, talking trash to and, and, and slandering is, uh, is Pat Beverly said, you know, it, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. If, if you go there and you win, then, you know, obviously you get a lot of praise, but 
not as much praise as Joel Embiid. I'm, but what I'm trying to paint here is it's a, it's not a perfect. It, there's some drawbacks that come with that type of situation. Bradley Beal's got a pretty good situation here, you know, where he's the face of the franchise. So he he, he probably would have to weigh that. But I think if him and and B teamed up, obviously they'd be a really good combo. Um, as far as trading the pick, I, I see a lot of Wizards fans talking about trading up, maybe getting Jade and Ivy. I, I don't think that's super realistic. I think in order to trade up high enough to get a player like that, you need to attach multiple first round picks to the one you already got, which is 10th overall, you know, to get up to like fourth or something. Um, you know, the uh, two, two, three years ago when the Hawks traded up to get DeAndre Hunter, they had the eighth pick. They also had the 17th pick. And then they also traded a protected 2020 first round pick. So it was basically three first round picks to go from eight to four. And I think that's the type of leap you'd have to make at a minimum to get one of those top guys. So I don't think it's realistic to move up. Um, as far as trading the pick at all, I mean, I, I think it's got to be on the table if you're looking for a veteran point guard. And when it comes to Kyle Kuzma, um, I think the Wizards need to consider, you know, selling high on him. I think he's a really good player. I think he's on the way up. I, I think what I saw this year, particularly like the second half of his season, told me that this guy could be an all-star. Like, I think it could mm -hmm. be a situation where the Wizards traded, just like they traded for Karan Butler and Antoine Jameson. Those guys became all-stars here. I think the same thing could happen with Kyle Kuzma. But he's only got one year left on his deal, and he is super valuable right now, and he's making $13 million. If he keeps it up, that price might double, or he might, you know, at least pro approach twenty million. And you've got Rui Hachimura with one year left on his contract. They play the same position, so I think just kind of deductive reasoning here. The Wizards um, need to consider selling high, or at least, um, you know, maybe trading one of those guys before you just let them go in free agency, or you have to pay them a lot of money. So, um, especially if you're giving Bradley Beal the supermax contract, right? So I think all those things have to be considered. And if you were to package the tenth pick with a Kyle Kuzma, maybe with one of your young players, I personally think you could get something pretty substantial back in return. And I think Kyle Kuzma is the type of player that would interest a lot of teams in a lot of different states. Like if you're a, a rebuilding team or if you're a contender or if you're a middle-of-the-road team, Kyle Kuzma is a good player and he's a proven winner. So I, I think they have to consider that. But my guess is that Kuzma will be around next year and they'll keep the pick. And if they make a trade, it will, it will be with other assets. Yeah, definitely. I thought Kyle Kuzma played his best basketball last year. He could have been in the running for a most improved or at least top five or top ten vote getter for sure. He was super clutch for the Wizards, the Detroit Pistons game winner, um, the Cleveland game winner, the dunk on Joel Embiid, the 25 rebound game. I mean, he really impressed. He, he definitely surprised me out of all the guys. Out of the three Lakers, I did not think he would be the one that would be that played the best out of the three. I thought he played you know his best ball uh, for sure. So I do want to ask you about the point guard position and how they can attack it. But before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by, this episode is brought to you by Sakara. Got to try Sakara, man. It's it's really, really good. Um, now is the time to seek wellness, joy and abundance in all areas of your life, starting with what you eat. With Sakara, you get nutrient-dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. True Radiance starts on your plate. Made with high-quality organic ingredients, Sakara's plant-rich transformational nutritional programs are, are expertly designed to deliver real results from reduced bloat and ease digesting a clear skin and boosted energy and moods. Looking and feeling your best shouldn't mean deprivation. Instead, choose joy and abundance. Sakara's organic plant-rich transformational nutrition programs are designed to help you cultivate body intelligence so you can nourish your body and experience the results you want. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. 
Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 at checkout. That's in all caps. That's Sakara, S A K A R A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your order. Sakara.com slash locked on MBA. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, so how do you see the Wizards attacking the point guard position? Do you think do you see them packaging that pick for a point guard? And what are some names that names to watch at the point guard position for the Wizards um, that's a veteran or some names that you have heard um, any any smoke to the Wizards have an interest in trading for? Who I think I think it's going to be a trade. That's my guess. Um, I mean, they could go the route of picking a Daniels or a Washington and then just getting someone on the mid-level exception to kind of be a bridge starter. Maybe that's the most realistic scenario. But if they want to, uh, you know, make a splash at that position, I think it's going to have to be via trade. I, I don't think there's going to be um, any perfect free agent options. I mean, you go out there and maybe you could do a sign and trade like you did last year with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Obviously, we know how, how that worked out. But the free agent options... Um, just there's not really a perfect fit. Like either guys are going to be too expensive, like, you know, Tyus Jones and Jalen Brunson, I think have kind of maybe priced themselves out of the Wizards range. And, you know, do you go with like a Dennis Schroeder who, you know, had a, a good year with OKC a few years ago, but hasn't worked out at a few different spots since. Um, I don't think that the perfect options there for them in free agency. And, and Tommy Shepard already said he doesn't think the starting point guard is going to come via the draft. So I think it's going to be a trade now. The names that come to mind first uh, are Malcolm Brogdon and Mike Conley Jr. because they can shoot and they can defend, but they're also on pretty sizable contracts. And Mike Conley's up there in age, and Malcolm Brogdon has the injury history that you know if you put on the, the in the same lineup with Kristaps Porzingis, who has an injury history, and Bradley Beal, who has some some durability issues. A lot of it um, ha- hasn't been like injuries that I think are long term concerns, but he hasn't played a, a large percentage of their games the last few years. Then you're relying on a lot of guys with a lot of ifs, right? Um, but my guess is that they end up trading for someone like that. Maybe it's not a Brogdon or a Conley Jr., someone maybe just below that. I saw, you know, some Wizards fans talking about Terry Rozier. Maybe he would make sense if, uh, you know, if the Hornets want to let him go. But um, but also, I think they gave him a contract extension not that long ago. I, I need to look into it. But uh, my guess is they try to go after a Brogdon or a Conley Jr., but uh, maybe the most realistic option is they draft a guy and and bring in a bridge starter. Um, so it's kind of I think those are the the options they're going to consider. Um, like I said, one's most realistic, but I, I, if I had to guess, I think they'll trade. Definitely, 
I feel like it's almost with the commanders looking for a quarterback. They're kind of in that same boat right now where they're really looking for a point guard slash quarterback who can lead this team and um, basically lead the troops. They're looking for a pass first point guard. So that's, that's what they're really looking for. It's going to be tough to find it. Kind of like the commanders, they had to settle for a guy. They swung for the fences. Maybe the Wizards might try to swing for somebody big. I don't know if what's going to happen with Chris Paul and Phoenix. You know, who knows with that, but um, they're going to have to, you know, do you think John Wall is somewhat of an option for the Wizards? I think he's an option. Um, I've said that I think he'll play here again, but I, I don't think mm-hmm. the timing's right. Like they need a point guard. And I, obviously we saw the picture with Kyle Kuzma, so I'm sure it came <laughs> up. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't think the Wizards are opposed to bringing him back at some point, but it was a pretty bitter breakup. And also, and it wasn't that long ago. And also, you know, John Wall is going to have to accept a buyout. He's shown no signals that he is willing to give up any money. And and I guess, you know, maybe he could give up just a little bit and the Wizards could try to offset that with the contract they sign him to. Um, but I think there's too much baggage there for them to circle back and, and bring back John Wall at this moment in time. And as far as drafting goes, um, you know, the Wizards, they, they, they rarely have a first-round pick, get a second contract. I think John Wall, Bradley Bill. Otto Porter have been the only guys to get a second contract probably in the past, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, what, what do you think is the Wizards' identity with drafting? Is You know, you look at the Miami Heat, they have an identity where, you know, they can find second-round guys or undrafted guys, and they play way more than their expectations. Or you look at the Grizzlies where they draft, um, you know, upperclassmen, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks. Jaron Jackson's a freshman, but it looks like they're looking for athletic guys that can shoot. And the Wizards is kind of like all over the place. So where do you see the Wizards' identity as a team and and with drafting? Well, I think they've done a solid job, particularly the last three years, in bringing in guys with high floors that uh, are probably going to have long careers in the NBA as members of of rotations. You know, like Corey Kispert, uh, Rui Hachimura, and Denny Abdi have all shown me something um, to make me think that they're going to be around for a while. Um, so I think what the Wizards have done is they've they've picked guys who are coachable and are smart on the court. And, you know, maybe their basketball IQ is, is pretty solid. And in the case of all three guys, they bring different skills to the table, uh, especially on the offensive end. But they haven't really with any of those three guys, I think, taking a risk on a guy who's very athletic. I think they've kind of uh, opted for kind of players that could end up being really smart players and, and versatile players. Um, maybe not the the defenders that they need, but I, I think maybe if they wanted to change their identity drafting, then maybe you take a big swing on someone that is a bit of a project and it is has the athleticism to be a star, but maybe requires a little bit more coaching and developing and a little more patience than those guys. Um, so I wonder if they'll go in that direction this year. I mean, I, I don't know if Benedict Matherin is like a, a project because I think he's more polished than a lot of guys with, with his athleticism. But maybe, you know, Jeremy Sohan of, uh, of Baylor, you know, someone where you take them and, you know, the expectations need to be pretty low. But maybe four or five years from now, um, they're a star on at least one end of the floor. So I think their identity has been kind of safe place to a certain degree and I, I wonder if they're in a position now to take a bit of a risk right and um this is this follows up with the young guys who do you, who do you see out of the young three denny 
Corey Kispert and Rui, who do you think makes the, the biggest leap next season? And who out of the three is an untouchable in a trade? Or any of those guys untouchable? Or um, which which one out of the three most likely do you see being traded? I know it's a loaded question. Well, first of all, I think the biggest leap, my I expect it to be from Denny Avdia. I know Rui Hachimura um, made a big leap as a shooter this past year. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe it would happen on the defensive end for him. But, but, but Denny Avdia remains a pretty raw player. So there's there's a lot of room for growth in a lot of different areas. And I was impressed with how much he improved defensively this past year um considering the offseason that he had uh previous to that you know he was coming off the broken ankle and it disrupted his offseason he had all sorts of setbacks and then he came back and he was a better player so i think if you give him uh, a full offseason where he's healthy um then he'll improve even more and you know his first year his first offseason coming out of the draft uh, wasn't normal either it was a sprint uh you know going into the season where he didn't have a summer league uh basically barely had a training camp in the preseason and he ended up being pretty decent rookie. So I think it'll be Denny Avdi. And I would, and you know, I would also say that he's probably the most untouchable of the three guys, because I think he's got the highest athletic upside of the three and he's still got two years left on his rookie deal. Right. I, I would definitely not say that Rui Hachimura is untouchable just because he's got one year left on his contract. Like the wizards are kind of being forced to make a decision on him one way or the other. Are you going to keep the guy? Are you going to pay him? Or, you know, do you sell high? Kind of like I was talking with Kyle Kuzma and Kispert, even though he's got three years left on his contract, um, you know, he wasn't picked as high as them and he's a good player. And I think they need what he provides long term. And I think you know, he's a very valuable player, I think, long term because he's on that rookie contract. But I don't know. I could see him being like a sweetener and a deal if they were going to get something pretty big. So my guess would be that Denny Abdi is the most untouchable of those three. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. They all bring something different to the table. I think Rui's the best scorer, Danny's the best defender, and then Corey Kispert's the best shooter. So they're all good players, but they haven't shown to be franchise guys um, just yet. And it's still very early. But last question, uh, what's your bold prediction for the starting point guard for the Washington Wizards in 2023? <laughs> <laughs> My bold prediction for the, the Wizards at um, starting point guard, um, I'll go with uh, – I'll go with Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, may, I just think, you know, they may, they find a way to make that uh, happen because he'd be such a perfect fit. He's also, you know, from Virginia. I don't think they'll, they'll, they'll factor that in, but he's sort of a local guy. Um, and just the fact that he's such a good defender and such a good shooter, at least a, several years ago, he was a 50, 40, 90 guy. Um, that, and especially, you know, partly because of the injury history, maybe they could get him at a little bit of a lower price. Um, I think he'd be the perfect point guard next to Brad the Beal because of his size and because of the skills that he brings to the table. So I think if they really want to swing big and, and make a splash in that area, I think that's who they could bring in. And, and, you know, maybe Indiana would be interested in the 10th pick because they're going potentially going to be forced into a little bit of a rebuild. And they'd have, I think it's the sixth pick, right? Uh, and the 10th mm -hmm. pick, two top 10 picks to start with, uh, with Miles Turner and Chris Duarte and Tyrese Halliburton. Um, they could be in a pretty good spot. Uh, so I, I think Brogdon's expendable, and I think he fits what the Wizards need. So that's my bold prediction. Definitely. And uh, which players do you think would be included in a, in a trade? <laughs> <laughs> it's a two-part prediction. Right. Um, you know, maybe that's something – well, obviously you'd have to match the money. Right. Um, maybe that's something where you send um, – 
maybe you have to send a young player like a Danny Avdia or a Rui Hachimura. Um, and then maybe you got to use like, a, you know, KCP's contract to match. And, you know, his contract isn't fully guaranteed next year. So, you know, maybe he wouldn't stick around. Uh, the Pacers could just kind of create some cap space. Um, so I, I'd have to kind of go to the ESPN trade machine to give you a, a detailed <laughs> answer on that. Um, but all I'll say is the bold prediction that Brogdon would be the guy. Right. But, yeah, you guys heard, heard it here first from Chase. You know, that's the bold <laughs> prediction here. So thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, from the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Uh, Chase, is there anything you want to plug or any um, finals predictions? Finals prediction, I'll go uh, Warriors over Celtics. And okay. as far as uh, plug, just go to NBC Sports Washington. We'll be following the draft uh, every step of the way. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys follow Chase on Twitter. It's Chase Hughes, NBCS on Twitter, and he is on NBC Sports Washington. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube and hit the notification bell. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Thank you.